your podcast presents the dark dirty experience. <laughs> oh boy. Um so we're gonna be doing a part three of the series experiments lane thing. Um uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Anyway, so I did actually end up talking about layer ten, which is episode ten, but Sir Experiments Lane discusses stuff in layers. So layer ten was love and basically in layer 10 one of the things I did not touch on was that the character who calls himself Kamisama which is Kamisama is like a word for God in Japanese he called Lane a dead human and he asks how a dead human could be God and Lane says she's abandoned the flesh and when you see her go to class her desk is missing. Her teacher ignores her and she seems and appears to be disembodied. And so, of course, I mentioned also that uh, her father pretty much told her that she wasn't a human being and that whatever the project they were doing was at its end. And it gets interesting because in this episode, you hear reference to the knights all the time. And then you start seeing individuals who I guess are knights. And uh, Lane decides to go list all their names on the internet. And these people kill themselves. And there's a pretty tricky twist in the story where that happens. And it's interesting, and it it brings to mind Donnie Darko when he exposes the sins of certain individuals in stations of very influential power. The impact it had, like Patrick Swayze's character, a, a character who's a preacher and people looked up to him, but he had certain fiendish predilections I'll just put it that way um that was like a nice shift in the story because the elimination of the knights pretty much leaves Lane in a quasi deified state going from that though pretty much layer 11 in pornography is just about the level and flow of information into Lane's consciousness or what we could call consciousness really um it's difficult to kinda make that assessment regarding Lane because the thrust of episode 11 is very 
specific regarding what lane is and ultimately we get to ascertain that lane is a transcendental software program her existence was devised to be the gap that bridges our conscious minds from our unconscious minds to make this palpable to you think of it this way you are not consciously making your heart beat you're not consciously controlling the flow of your blood and you're not consciously doing any of the things that pretty much keep you alive breathing you're not consciously doing it you're not consciously removing waste from the blood within your body so that it can congeal and be pushed through the intestines and you can do all of these amazing things it's not a conscious process the conscious mind is equivalent to a limited processing unit it can only process so much consciously for example when you look around a room your mind is processed all that information instantaneously as you're making the observation however you're not conscious of it so Lane's role as a transcendental software program ultimately is to bridge the gap between conscious awareness of existence in the world and everything that's around you and the unconscious awareness and unconscious awareness moves at an incredibly rapid pace it doesn't have any of the hang-ups or issues that the conscious mind does and it literally exists in a kind of state of abstraction where it just does it doesn't explain to put it in another analogy metaphor however you want to take this fire so fire doesn't know it's hot it just is hot having an awareness of a thing and being a thing are two totally different things being a thing isn't anything like being aware of a thing you can point to the moon and say that's the moon but to be the moon isn't anything like saying there's the moon if that makes sense so <clears throat> I think that's a vital vital role I think it's a vital thing I think it's fucking really interesting because she she is a physical manifestation but she can also be an electrical manifestation which leads into episode 12 which is called landscape and again it's layer 12 and landscape is probably just from my point of view the best episode in the series is the most interesting um, somewhere within the first five minutes of the episode Lane says people only have st substance within the memories of others that's why there were all kinds of me's there weren't a lot of me's I was just inside all sorts of people is all and that's pretty interesting 
because pretty much Lane had ascertained that she had derived her notion of self from the interactions with others and their memories of her that their memories of her created a sense of divergent selves but there wasn't actually a wired lane in a real world lane there was just lane as she's related in the memories of others and it's through the memories of others that she has the substance of her being so that's pretty fascinating and another way that that could be looked at is you have a kind of information structure where Lane is kind of the catalyst for information to bridge and connect itself and to expand itself and the expansion of itself generates and creates a meta brain and that meta brain shares realities to expand its realities pretty much the more information is communicated and the more rapidly it is accumulated the more multiplicity in unfolding realities can occur so it's almost an acceleration of evolution to varying degrees because ultimately the greater the information shared the greater room there is for the expansion of consciousness in an evolutionary way it's it's really interesting because what the real world is and what the wired world is both exist in relationship to light meaning actual physical light and electricity or an electromagnetic energy but either way it's all vibrational so when you remove devices in order to go in and out of the wire from the real world you're annihilating the lines between a devised reality and a perceived reality and you're integrating the realities so that they can function totally as a tool for the expansion and exchange of information so we see that kind of mentality in, in the landscape episode that Lane is developing her own sense of perception and self even with the framework of coming to realize that she isn't human in the classical sense of being human and also some some spoiler alerts um an interesting fate befalls the two red dot soldiers I'll leave it at that and then what's really fucking epic is that Lane 
fights Kami-sama. Because she acts as a bridge and a conduit between the unconscious and conscious minds, she's also a bridge and a conduit between expanding awareness and receding consciousness. And her capacity to connect people exponentially is threatening to the Kami-sama character because ultimately the Kami-sama character seems to have taken responsibility for why Lane exists in the first place and Lane said why do you choose to pretend or act as God when ultimately the impetus for your desire to connect or bridge the human unconscious from or to its conscious Sorry, human consciousness bridged and connected to human unconsciousness, which creates a vast network of connection between minds that generates the whole overmind and meta brain and all of those type of things. So she questioned the impetus. She was inferring that the actual energy force in the universe that creates reality gave this character who called himself Kamisama the impetus to generate Lane so that she could be the gap between the two aspects of awareness. I think it's pretty fucking cool. And of course, spoiler alert, she kind of whoops his ass and she connects all these people which leads us to the final layer which I think is interesting the title layer 13 ego <laughs> uh, just in case you don't know why the fuck I just did that it's that's the sort of pseudo robotic voice that introduces every episode as a layer whether it's you know layer 11 love something like that or you get the idea anyway I love 12 the best but 13 wraps it up and again it starts getting really strange just because it is strange so you find out that Lane has deleted herself from everyone's memories and she seems to be all alone and it's interesting because you see an alternate existing timeline emerge where uh, Chisa Yamada is actually still alive and you see Lane kind of emerging in and out of realities and then becoming obsolete in everyone's mind except uh, Adisu or Alice. And that was touched on again uh, during the Lane versus Kamisama fight. I forgot to mention the fight was sort of initiated because out of her love for Arisu, 
Lane, Jack, Kamisama, pretty much because Arisu was like one of the few people who remembered Lane, and it was because Lane didn't tamper with her memories because she loved her and felt that she would be infringing somehow, which is strange. But again, you do have to remember that on a technical level, Lane is not actually a human being or even a child in any conventional sense. She's kind of a hyper-realized existential parable version of that weird 80s movie character Daryl. Like he was an artificial intelligent... Jeez, my brain just shut down. She was like an artificially intelligent version of that 1980s movie Daryl where you had that artificially intelligent kid who was not really human but exhibited more humane behavior than human beings in a similar vein to Wally <laughs> where the robot is more of what we would ideally hope that we could evolve into as far as caring for others and putting others before ourselves and realizing the connection between everything type vibe. So anyway, back to that, Lane appears to, you know, she deletes herself from everyone's memories. She's aware of the world, can see the world, can even interact with the world, but she's not a part of it. In a conventional normal sense. She seems to somehow re-enter the world though. And upon this great big re-entry we see her looking at Arisu. Except Arisu is older. And when you see that she's older... But Lane is still a child. You know, two things come to mind. One, which is obviously one of my most favorite things in the universe, is the uh, time travel. And two, it's the connection to that notion that all memories, all of us exist kind of as memories in each other's minds. For example, a person who might have been a war veteran. Somewhere out there in the world, there's some individual who remembers that person as the most frightening human being they've ever met. But that person's granddaughter doesn't feel that way. So who are they? Relative to your memory of that individual and how you construed that experience, their existence means something completely different to you as opposed to someone else's. So really, their existence as ascertained by you is only relative there it's relative to your memory of them and how you project and how you accept and how you engage in that interaction but ultimately they're not what you remember them as being and yet they exist to you because they're substantive in your memories as a being so seeing an older Arisu and with Lane as a child during, like, during the whole show. And then, you know, 
she looks like she's always looked, but Arisu doesn't. And they have an interaction, which is nice. But what it made me think of is the folding of space-time. Like, it's a mix of the folding of space-time in Dune by the Guild. If you're not familiar with Dune or the Guild, you could Google that shit if you're interested. But pretty much I'm only referencing it because pretty much, you know, there's a planet, Arrakis, is known as Dune, or commonly referred to as Dune. And on that planet is a spice. And there's individuals who have taken so much of that spice into their body that they act as a guild. And they govern space-time travel in a literal sense because they pretty much fold space so that individuals could move rapidly from one quadrant of the universe to the other. And what I'm implying here is pretty much I feel like Lane as a transcendental software consciousness not only bridged the gap between the conscious and unconscious minds of human beings but has also managed to fold time and space so that she can manifest in a physical form however she wants during whatever time she chooses she even implies it by saying to after Arisu leaves, like Arisu says, maybe I'll see you around sometime. And after she leaves, Lane says, well, you're right. I'll see you around anytime I choose. Which basically means that there's a suspension of time. And the form that we see Lane have is her true form. She'll always, to varying degrees remain that childlike form because that visage is the one where she actually came to and experienced life so basically this is a very philosophical multi-layered story uh, it has a lot of room for interpretation but it also has a lot of the hallmarks of Time travel, transcendental consciousness, uh, awareness of the self, and the letting go of a perceived notion of the self, which I think is why the last episode was entitled Ego. It's a fascinating story. Lane is a fascinating character. And you kind of get, again, I'm going to reference it. You get that Donnie Darko circle cycle of life, 360 degree element where just like in Donnie Darko, you see what everyone's existences are like when he removes himself from this reality, knowing the impact it will have on all these people's lives. You see people crying. You see Frank touch his eye. You see these weird... Like the ending becomes part of some sort of loop where all the lives that he impacted, you see them affected without consciously knowing why. Because he chose a different reality. And you get a similar thing in Lane where you see the two red dot soldiers 
working on a telephone pole and you see one of the knights acting sort of like the white rabbit like freaking out about quitting his job and you see the girls that uh, Adisu hung out with you see them doing things and you just see the different people whose lives Lane is impacted living their lives how they lived them sans her presence in their lives which is fascinating you know the difference being that while Donnie Darko literally died Lane didn't have to die she simply didn't exist in the memories of the individuals around her so anyway that's all I really have to say about that one I fucking love it it's definitely food for thought and in that vein it's very entertaining it holds up well after almost 20 years I believe the 20 year anniversary will be in June of 2018 hopefully they'll maybe do some sort of 20th anniversary kind of thing um maybe maybe not either way you know if you can watch it cool if you don't like it that's cool too i tend to gravitate towards things that stimulate my mind to varying degrees and this is one of the most stimulating series because of the multitude of information and it's multiple facets of reality and perception and what's illusion and what's integration and what is synthesis and what exactly is consciousness and how would a consciousness not tethered to form react not only having a form but influencing forms I mean I could go on and on but bottom line it, it's kick ass And on a lighter note, I enjoyed The Last Jedi. So, I know there's plenty of people who hate it, or at least I've heard there are people who don't like it. That's awesome. You don't have to. You're not obligated to like anything in this world. That's what's good about it. I, however, found it very interesting. But that's not something I'm going to talk about maybe ever. I mean, I could get into the whole metaphysical aspects of Star Wars. But that's, to me, a loaded gun. I don't feel like engaging negatively with people over my specific POV regarding the film except for the fact that I enjoyed it and I tend to enjoy what I enjoy quintessentially because of a metaphysical slant there's always going to be something metaphysically that speaks to me in terms of time space form dynamic perceptions interactions expectations of perceptions and then loops outside of those expectations and things of that nature but anyway 
I'm either going after Ergo Proxy, which is something obscure again, and it's also an anime again, or I'll go after Noen. I've mentioned Noen a few times, but Noen is fucking really, really, really cool. Um, it's another multifaceted, multi-layered thing. Yeah, it's got time travel shit in it. I like time travel shit. Marty McFly is still cool in 2017. He'll be cool in 2018. And so will Doc Brown. Time travel's cool. Accept it. Respect the pouch. Respect it. So, have a happy fucking new year. Be safe. If you're going to get wasted, have a backup driver or a backup buddy or a backup relative or a place where you can eat, throw up, and have someone take care of you. Don't put yourself in a fucked up situation to start up the new year. Everyone, enjoy yourselves, kick ass, have fun, and I'll be talking about some weird shit in a new weird year, which is really not so new at all because we kind of all made up everything. I guess. Hasta la pasta.